Ensemble 74 presents How Can We All Make It Into the Future? 74 podcast series. On the podcast, we discuss the global pandemic we're currently facing and how it'll reshape our reality and society with opinion leaders and creative minds from all over the world. Let's explore together what the future might bring for us. My name is Timothy Varekia, and I am the founder of VNP. We are cultural entrepreneurs and consultants. We help leaders in both private and public sectors pivot models and create change through culture and creativity. We've worked as creative advisors for Apple globally for over 15 years, helped property developers reshape London and New York, produced records on Serge Gainsbourg and the likes, released film collections, and published fashion magazines. Our client list includes best-in-class brands across tech, luxury, hospitality, and entertainment. Our nonprofit work includes Carly Kloss's Coding Camps, Malaria No More, and the Secretary on Climate at the United Nations. Our network of partners extends from Moscow and Hong Kong to Mexico City and Sao Paulo. Our work sits at the crossroads between culture and commerce and the private and public sectors. I wanted to talk to my friend Guillaume Lacroix, founder of Brut Media, as he and I have been thinking about that space and the role of media and culture in reshaping our world. Guillaume, do you want to just uh, give us kind of a, your backstory and a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of the genesis of Brut? Sure. Um, thank you. So my name is Guillaume Lacroix, a very French name. Um, I'm a journalist uh, turned producer, turned uh, founder of Brut. Brut is a, a global media for next generation. We grew um, incredibly quickly in within three years. We went from zero to 350 million people uh, watching Brut across the globe every month. Um, we are a social phenomenon in France. We are the largest uh, English-speaking media on social in India. Um, we are one of the um, fastest growing media in the U.S., already in the top five in, on Facebook in the U.S., one of the most uh, uh, fastest growing one on, on Snapchat too. Uh, and if we grew so quickly, I think it's for uh, two, two main reasons. The first one is there's a huge shift in terms of media consumption, which is conversation. Uh, when you are addressing uh, uh, people under 35, I would say under 30, um, they, you cannot disconnect media and conversation. So it means that if you want to use social platform to, uh, as a media, your videos, your uh, uh, topics need to spark conversation. Um, so in a way, Brute is more about social conversation than about video. We are using video to uh, spark conversation as a tool. Uh, so that's the first thing, there's a huge shift in media consumption. The second one is uh, there's a revolution in terms of values. And we discovered, I would say, that um, uh, across the globe, there's a set of values that works uh, for every single Gen Z and early millennials. Power accountability, women's rights, fighting any kind of discriminations, minorities, obviously, um, solidarity, social impact, social good, anything uh, solution-driven, and especially for generations who think their parents 
failed miserably with the planet and the environment. Um, and the great thing is, uh, and, and to be honest, we had no idea at the beginning of Brew that it was going to be that, that way, but we created a global media because when you address those type of topics and those type of values, you can do a French story, you can do a US, Japanese, Indian, African, South American stories. It's As long as it's uh, human-centered uh, and value-driven, it's going to resonate all across the globe. Um, and it's it's really where we stand right now. So uh, we are like almost 150 people working, um, producing like 50 video a day, published across the social platform, all social platform. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, most of the media and the legacy media love to spend time with uh, celebrities and, and, you know, and public figure and everything. And 90% of... Uh, our coverage is about people you have no idea existed before you've seen them on Brut, but they are young change maker. They are doing things. Um, they are changing the world at their own pace. Um, and we, and you know, and you can relate to that. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's one of the big thing we've seen too. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a local solution for global problems. If you look at the global, the global problems, it's overwhelming. Uh, but if you look through, if you look to it through a lens, like a local lens of, uh, you know what, let's start by myself. Let's start by my community. What can I change? And if I do that, and if everybody is doing that, what's the impact? It's a very, very powerful way. You know, it's the Michael Jackson song, The Man in the Mirror. Uh, you need to start by yourself. So, it's, yeah, it's been a very interesting ride. I, I wasn't expecting the Michael Jackson reference, but but I get it. <laughs> um, I, I think that you know the conversation we've been having before you know COVID hit us was um, really about about the the function of media in, in today's world. I mean, we're seeing our lives being run and governed by both private and public, half and half. I, I I like to say that our lives are whether we like it or not, governed by passports and iPhones, you know, so our lives are in the hands of both old, you know, traditional vertical authority systems, you know, which are nation states and, and then horizontal organizations, which are corporations. And, and I think that media really has a fundamental role to play in how those, those responsibilities are allocated. And, um, you know, I've been struggling with finding media platforms and media that, that have, that honor this function really about being open, transparent, informative, but also about telling, you know, about giving us positive storytelling, which you've just talked about. And also going one step further, which is what I'm really interested in what you guys are doing, which is uh, how do you empower the audiences that you create? You know, you guys have aggregated a lot of audiences around the world, which you just talked about, which are transnational, you know, across the world, you know, across verticals across conversations um, but what i'm really interested in is how your audiences are are wanting to be part of change how do you guys one account for this and how do you plan on leveraging it so there's there's uh, two questions there's how do you build trust and the second question is uh how do you go from awareness to impact uh to build trust i think there's um, two or three ways to do it the first one is don't tell people what to think. Uh, they hate that. So provide them with tools to understand the world, to relate to the world, educate them um, to be able to go into a meaningful conversation, not a, not a debate, which is uh, often a zero-sum game. 
Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, try to tell the story through the eyes of someone they can relate to. So let's do it very human-centered. Uh, let's not use uh, talking heads, you know, like people they can relate, relate to young, young change maker. And, you know, very early on, we saw with Brood that people were saying to us in, in the comment section, they were like, thank you for sharing that type of story. We don't see that type, that type of stories um, in the legacy media world. And to be honest, which is still shocking to me, but when it goes to uh, uh, women's rights, when it goes to inclusion, LGBTQ, even climate change and everything, it, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's not that covered by legacy media. Legacy media is very focused on international news, business news, uh, current affair and everything. So, you know, if, if you can address the right topic, the, the topic that really do matters to people, if you do it in a way where they can relate to it and you don't tell them what to think, then you're building trust and very strong trust. So the second question is, and it's, it's a very tough question, is like, how do you go from um, awareness to uh, impact? So, for instance, Brood has been raising awareness on so many issues, so many incredible people, you know, actually doing things to, to change the world in a better way. Um, but how, how do you empower them? Um, how do you go to impact? I think, you know, there's a, there's a strong tool to, to um, go to impact is make sure you can connect people and that they can uh, follow up the conversation in their, either in the real world in their own platform that are conversational platform. It's very interesting to see that during the, this incredible period of uh, COVID, um, there's so many um, uh, like community-driven uh, conversation app popping up, like Clubhouse, for instance. Um, some of us, like it's, it's, it's really like a merge, it's like Slack meeting, uh, Messenger, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting to see that there's there are now places where people can follow up conversation, and when you follow up conversation in small groups, almost in real life, then you can you know have a bit a better impact. The other thing is, I really do believe that part of the solution is um, the corporate world, the business world, and and we really came to a point where I think it's obvious now. We've been saying it for like almost four years now, but um, it's obvious that. Uh, for the first time, I would say in history, the customer and the citizen have to be aligned. Because um, as a customer, maybe you want to have the immediate benefits of uh, a product. But as a citizen, if you know that the long-term um, damage that causes the product is too, you know, too bad, you, you have like an inner conflict. And this inner conflict is, is going to be even bigger as we're going to, I hope, quickly deconfine, uh, being deconfined. Because, uh, you know, we are creators of habits. So we, we are going to want to go back to normal, and, but it's just not possible the, the way it is. So when it goes to brands and corporate, I think most of them are understanding that like, quite clearly now. And they are thinking on, you know, how can I improve? How can I make sure not only my product is uh, neutral, but as a... Um, like a positive net impact on the world. And it's very fascinating to see big corporations going this way. And, and Brut has been very clear um, on the, uh, helping them. And, and that's where you and I really, you know, really um, 
really can join forces. You know, I mean, we we again we perfectly agree on the fact that there's there's a convergence. I mean, you know, you call it attention. I I, I think I see it as an opportunity that there's convergence between our lives and our problems as as consumers and citizens. Um, you know, and and again, I think it's creating an opportunity for us to bring the private sector and, you know, public institutions together as well. And you create platforms. My job is to help leaders, both in the private and the public sector, really be informed and, and lead and change models and create disruption. And we were talking about that before the COVID hit. Obviously, you know, we're, we're now finding ourselves in, the, in, a, in a pivotal moment where we can, you know, accelerate this change. I, I think that what you guys are trying to do with Brut is, again, create a new type of media which sits above traditional what you call legacy media, you know, where essentially your audiences become, you know, become the decision makers and become the change makers. I think that a lot of the work that we do, for instance, you know, in the work that we do with, you know, the UNFCCC, the uh, on, on climate change these days is really hopefully also creating platforms and, uh, you know, um, that sit above the traditional conversations of governments. You know, we think that, you know, supporting leaders like the secretary executive, uh, Patricia Espinoza, you know, who leads the effort on climate for the UN is an opportunity for us to really elect bodies of authority on specific topics that can sit above governments, that can sit above conversations, that can sit above, you know, legacy bodies and institutions, uh, you know, and I think you and I are both kind of very hopeful about that change. But we're really sitting an old world that has, you know, this legacy media, these legacy bodies of and institutions. Um, how do you think we can accelerate that change, Guillaume? You and I. So uh, I think one way to um, to accelerate that is to understand and to and and, and I think the, the private sector is going to be a very uh, good way to do it because they're going to move much quicker than government and and uh, public institution. It's to um, it's to really uh, make them understand that when it comes to communication, the way it's been done for the past 50, 60 years, uh, which is a top-down message, you know, it just doesn't work anymore for a younger generation. So the issue for any anyone who wants to have an impact on the younger on the younger generation and on a broader generation, I would say on like uh, you know, at least Gen Z and millennials, you need to. I call it like uh, activist communication, but you need to make sure that um, people are part of the communication you, 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 you're doing. Uh, like you're recruiting people as you speak and they, they, they do have a voice in what you're saying. They are building that message with you. And it's one of the only way to really um, make sure it, it works. I think a, a good analogy is uh, streaming. Why do you want to own... Um, um, you know, tape or recorder or, or records and everything when you have all the music you want on a streaming platform. Why do you want to own knowledge if it's fully accessible on uh, internet, on social platform? So those generation are driven by that, that's, you know, that fact, that statement. It's like, we don't need to own knowledge. When you, when you talk to teachers right now, it's very interesting to say that, you know, it's very hard to teach to a, a class of 18 years old or 20 years old because every time you're going to say something, they're going to go on their phone, check it on Wikipedia or Google, 
and say, ah, oh, it's not exactly right. Or some people think it's wrong. Or it's not exactly the same thing. So, you know, as you are facing that situation, you need to make sure that uh, when you are moving forward, when you're trying to uh, have like a public message um, to, uh, you know, to call to action for change, if you do it in a top-down way saying, you know what, here is my message to the world, we need to change, um, times are bad, it won't work. It won't work at all. So we created Brut and uh, Brut became a very strong platform um, uh, this way. We, we, we created it to really make sure people are part of the communication, part of the message. So it's more, you know, it's, it's more saying, look, um, I'm a brand. Uh, there's a chance I'm a, probably more a part of the problem than the solution, but it just cannot, um, I cannot stand that. It adds to change. So how can we build it all together? Me as a brand, you as a customer, all of us as citizens, uh, here are some ideas. Let's talk about it. What do you think? And then you're going to build something much stronger than uh, any type of public message. Because you're going to- I, I, agree, I agree with you on, on the fact that there's, you know, we're now, we've now entered, you know, an era where brands can't, stay out of the conversation you know i think that we're definitely in we're definitely in a world and and for instance you know a lot of the work that we do you know i'm very proud of a lot of the work that you know apple has been doing you know on specifically you know during covid but even pre-covid and engagement of the leadership there on on very important social issues because i think we're definitely entering an era where you know big brands and multinational corporations have to be part of society you know, they have to be part of society and they have to take their responsibilities towards big social, if not political issues. But I think you're putting your finger on, on another issue. I think that's the tension between, uh, you know, our attention span and the complexity of the issues that we're facing, meaning like we have less and less attention span. We have more and more, we're bombarded by more and more information. However, the complexity of the world that we live in and specifically the complexity of governing big collective bodies of people and solving the issues of you know our world are require more and more attention span so there's a direct conflict there um and i think the way you guys have approached it is really interesting you know because of the formats and the channels that brut is using and the language are you using again but i think it's going to require again platforms like yours to really mobilize audiences to take action. I, I came to you with this intention to bring our community of leaders, you know, across the board, the artists, the CEOs, and the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the thinkers that we work with, you know, to a platform where they can have a voice, where they can speak, they can exchange ideas, and they can propose new models. But more importantly, they can act and mobilize people. They can mobilize bodies. They can mobilize voices, you know, because I think there's enough speaking, to, you know, enough speaking has been done. And we've spent enough time doing prognoses about what I think we've all identified the problems. You know, now we're really looking for not just solutions, some of which have been identified if we look at climate change, for instance. But, you know, how do we take action and how do we take collective action? Essentially, how do we identify authorities, voices that we can rely on and that we're, you know, where we can mobilize big collective forces to go in the same direction? And that's where your platform has a very important function. Our leaders with your platforms 
can create change? How do you, how do you, um, what are the next steps? When you look at social platform right now, um, who are, uh, which are dominating the, the world, which are incredibly powerful, they were not made uh, with the purpose of impact. They were made with the purpose of connecting people, connecting communities. So, and when you look at the way uh, we are interact with social platform, uh, basically um, we are posting com content on platform to be liked, to be shared, to be reposted, anything. So everything is about us, like me as a uh, uh, me as a human being using the social platform. I want to see if my content is liked, is shared, is reposted, is commented. You know, I think we are coming to a, a time where even though social platforms are incredibly important to socialize in that moment of time where everybody is confined, um, at the same time, I, I really do think that we need to switch the narrative and, it's you know, we need to find a way with platform or with new platforms and everything to, to not be saying, okay, um, how is the society looking at me? But... Am I, you know, do I have an impact on society? Uh, the conversation I just had, maybe six months from now, that conversation would have um, led to incredible change. But how do I track that? Because it's, you know, of course, leaders need to be accountable. But I think one of the biggest issue for us right now, and we, we've been working very hard on that issue and on that challenge, and, and I think we are coming up with solution. Um, it's uh, we need to make sure that when you when you are talking on your social platform, when you are use, using video stream to uh, chat with your friends, with you know NGOs, what you know on, on topics that matters to you, how do you make sure that you track impact and that you do have impact? Um, and one of the way to do it is, I think we need to go from messaging to conversation. And um, what I mean by that is. Uh, all the social platform we know right now are about messaging, which is someone is talking, thousand million of people are listening and commenting and sharing a message. If you want to have impact, you need to be on the ground, having a real conversation, and a conversation is never more than six to 10 people max. After 10 people, you have two groups of conversation or three groups of conversation. So you, you need to go back to that local level level where you can have like an actual conversation and this is where you're going to get impact. The issue is social platforms are not built this way. Um, so, um, you know, in a weird way, the COVID crisis, the confinement, uh, the terrible time we're going through, are, I think a huge opportunity because um, th there's been a massive adoption of uh, conversation tool, video conversation tool. Now we need to add some tech to it in order to track the um, impact of those conversations. And we can, we can create something very powerful because if we can show to people that their voice has actually an impact, that the conversation they had with like three or four friends or conversation they join with an NGO or, or a, a leader and everything actually do have an impact six months later or two months later or one year later, um, it's, it's going to be a, the, the beginning of a movement. It, it needs to be um, a collective responsibility, which is, okay, as an individual, do I have an impact on society? 
uh, as an individual, if I have a conversation with one, two, five people, do we have an impact collectively? And once again, I'm, I'm coming back to um, what I said earlier. It's a, it's a, um, I would say, local solution for global problems. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that as well. And I think that, again, you know, the COVID crisis is, you know, giving us pause and giving us an opportunity to sit down and think. I think we've been accelerating, you know, the way we've been operating and, you know, specifically the, the you know, in terms of digitalizing our lives, you know, and the way we work, the way we communicate, the way we socialize. I think we're all having kind of this this moment, this pause to think about really where all where that's all been heading. Um, I do think there's there's an opportunity for a change in value system. And to your point, I think that you know messaging, storytelling, language, showing by example, leading and creating change at a local level so that we can scale it to global levels. I think is really interesting. Um, I, I just hope that uh, the way we come out of the crisis and the way we're, we're being led out of the crisis by governments and institutions is going to give us an opportunity to 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 change at scale. Um, you know, I mean, one thing I'm sure you guys are, are seeing interesting things also locally with you know the different audiences that you're sourcing in different countries. You know, I'm sure the way you know your Indian audience is reacting to it is very different from the one that, that you guys have aggregated in America. Yeah. You know what, actually what's very interesting is like right now, after three years and a half of Brut, I'm pretty sure that there are more differences between for a French 20 years old and a, 50, and a French 50 years old. There are more differences between those two people than between a French 20 years old and an Indian 20 years old. But in terms of values, you know, those values are shared across the globe. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to see that. So that's why I'm saying, you know, and I've seen it with Brut consistently. We can do um, a, a Japanese story. Now, that story is going to resonate incredibly in Mexico, in India, in Africa, in Europe. And because people can relate to that and younger people can relate to that. So if we are able to, once again, to, to do it at a local level, but link it more globally and to show people that it actually works. I'm very positive that it's going to be a big change. You know, I'm a big believer. So that's why, for instance, I'm not a, I, I'm, Brute is not data driven. Brute is maybe data informed, like we're using data to maybe tell our story a little bit better, but we don't use data to choose our story. Why? Because as a media, my job is not to uh, serve to people things they already know they like. My job as a media is to make sure that thanks to the power of my media brand, I can get them interested in new things, in new topics. They had no idea they were interested in. You know, it's Steve Jobs uh, always you know, was saying, people don't know they're going to use something until they see it. Okay. And I really do think that right now in our world, we need to find a tool to show people the impact. Right, and the other the other way I think we can do that, and that's one of the ways I've been challenging you guys, is how do we translate the work that you've done and the conversations that you guys have brokered uh, on very important topics um, into the real world? I mean, obviously the confinement in it isn't really the most uh, 
you know, the most timely time to, uh, you know, the most timely context to do this. But once we come out of it on the other side, how do we, uh, how do we create uh, events uh, and, um, and physical platforms to bring those, those energies together? Again, I, I, I originally came to you with wanting to create a series of, of events where we could bring leaders and doers across the board, you know, in different, different verticals and in different territories on specific issues, you know, and to have you guys be the mediators and the, 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 the accelerators of change. But, you know, how do we, how do we translate the work that you guys have done on online into the so, real world? You know what? I, I, I agree with you, but I think COVID has changed a little bit the, the, the issue. Uh, not so much, uh, you know, of, of course, there's a need for the real world, but you know what? Um, Gen Z's, uh, digital native, they, you know, they they already are living in a world where they have two lives. They have a real life and a digital life. Uh, COVID made it global and international. Like now it's the same for everybody. And people much older who had no digital life are discovering like their own life because thanks to social platform, they're getting informed, they're getting entertained, they're getting connected to people. They jump into conversation on house party, messenger, snap, whatever, Zoom, etc. Um, so uh, there's probably um, there's probably like a, a mix to do between uh, real world and uh, uh, digital world. And the second thing is, uh, it, it goes back to messaging. Most of the events are based on messaging. Someone coming on stage, having a strong message, uh, being spread to hundred thousand of people listening, and that's it. You know what? I rather have um, uh, um, one hundred conversation with ten people, which is a thousand people, than one message with one guy on the stage and uh, one thousand people uh, listening to it. And I really do think that you know what we should really focus on. And even though I don't know exactly know <laughs> what it's going to look like, but I think we need to mix um, small conversation of eight to ten people on a on a digital platform and in a real platform, uh, linked locally and globally. I agree with you, Guillaume, and that's that's you being the you know the 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 incredibly talented entrepreneur that you are and 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 very well seasoned media expert that you are. But as you know, I'm an idealist, and part of me is also someone who doesn't want to live in a Black Mirror episode. And as you know, uh, you know, I come from I come from culture, and I'm also a surfer. So I want to make sure that you know we can uh, we can still go to uh, you know and listen to music. We can still go uh, you know for a surf every one every once in a while. And even if we don't make the we don't always make the the biggest impact. I want to make sure that we uh, everything that we do has a humanist aspect to it, and you know, part of you know things being humanist, um, you know, also have to do with physical world. So I think that's also part of the challenge and part of the fun that we've had together is you know how do we create events where where we um, because I think that all the great work that you know you and I have done in the digital space over the years has to do with scale mm -hmm. and with impact. But I think that a lot of the things and a lot of the thinking that we've all done during COVID is really about, you know, coming back to yes. more humanist emotions, uh, you know, more humanist uh, and more um, more human impact and more emotional yes. things as well. So and I think that's 
that's also part of the challenge and that, you know, part of what we want to reinfuse in the work that we've been doing. And, and, you know, to go back to Apple, I think that's one of the great differentiators of that, of that company. I think that it is obviously one of the leading companies and one of the leading tech companies of the world, but it's also a very human company. It is a physical human company. And I think there's something to be said about the way we do business and we've been driving, you know, and scaling our businesses and the, and the work that we've done you know, how do we reinfuse a certain level of humanism? I come from music, you know, I've, I produced music for the first 10 years of my life and then moved on to doing other things. And I realized that in a lot of the work that we've done, we've been really focused on impact, scalability, data, quantitative, you know, how do we come back to things that are much more And You know what, I, 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 think we, I think we speak in the same language. When I'm saying we need to go back to smaller conversation, it's, it's really... Uh, what you just expressed. It's like the, the, this need of connecting, this need of sharing emotion and sharing experience together. I, I need to restate that. Uh, we, we really need to find a, a gamified way to show impact. And, you know, we need to make sure that people are going to play with it. We're going to be, we're going to make sure that people are going to, uh, you know, love those type of tools and see the same time of uh, satisfaction uh, as likes, you know, or are shared. If we can create, if we can create those kind of tool, uh, you know, if people show the same kind of engagement in impact that they are showing in building their social image on social platform, um, if we can find the right tools to do so, I think it will be incredibly impactful. I, I agree. And I think that, again, you know, it's about switching from, from the conversation from the problem for instance, on climate, you know, again, going back to climate change and the work that we're trying to do with, uh, you know, the uh, Secretary on Climate Change at the UN, it's really switching the conversation from the problem to really the solutions and showing that change can be done, even if it's at a small local scale, you know, but change can be done and creativity and, and curiosity can come on in all kinds of different forms. Uh, obviously, we all know that, you know, climate change, if we want to impact and and reverse climate change, we're going to have to do it at scale. And we're all going to have to somehow adopt, you know, the same kinds of resolutions and solutions. But I think that, you know, showing positive storytelling, as you guys have done uh, on a local scale, you know, has been really incredibly impactful. I mean, solution driven is great because uh, um, you see a light. Um, and uh, um, I think one of the, the positive effects of the COVID crisis is you see that you know like nature can come back very quickly um uh, so obviously you know there's a lot to be done but um solution driven makes things more relatable make, makes things more optimistic actually when we we, we just conduct a, a big uh, smart social data study in europe in north america in india um the the first topic uh, for people who are going to be people confined, is activities like the reality of social conversation right now across the globe for people who are confined. It's about activities. What do you do when you are confined? The second most discussed things is optimism, and I, you know I think it's super interesting. It's like even in those dark ages, um, people are optimistic and are trying, you know find ways to be optimistic. So human react to immediate threat um, very strongly. 
So there's a huge threat, which is the COVID uh, virus. Our so we reacted very quickly. But we know that climate change is going to be, to be much more lethal than, uh, uh, than COVID. And it's, and it's not that, that far away. Uh, and it already started. So I, I hope that you know, we're going to be able to use COVID as an analogy for climate change. Because one of the other things is people don't relate to things they don't know. So we need to have analogy. Uh, before COVID, um, we had many examples of um, climate change. Um, yeah, many examples of climate change uh, issues and challenges, but everything was local. Yeah. And exactly. We and for the first threat. time, we have an immediate threat globally. So it's the first time we have something which looks like uh, what's going to happen with climate change. So... Exactly. And it's a collective so I hope experience. that people are going, you know, analogy is a very, I'm a storyteller and I know how analogy is an incredible, impactful way to uh, do storytelling. So I really do hope that people are going to uh, um, use that analogy to understand what we are facing with climate change. Um, and, you know. Yes, but but I mean I hope you're right. Mm -hmm. But again, that's me being uh, you know playing devil's advocate. You know I I I hope that you know, I mean I fear that also reality totally. is going to bite us. You know, uh, uh, you know very very quickly. And you know as much as we all want to take this opportunity to create big changes, you know structural changes. You know if you see the conversations, you know in terms of business and you know and and the. Um, the support packages that are given by government that could be tied to, you know, structural changes in different industries, you know, unfortunately, you know, where th that tension between, you know, immediate survival needs versus, you know, long-term survival needs is, is, you know, kind of always, you know, the same, you know, ends up kind of always, uh, you know, in the same, uh, in the same yeah. manner. Yeah. You know, so it goes back to, uh, I think we, we have a lot of, um, cards in our hands because uh, when you look at how people engage on social platform for instance we know why they engage we know why um, no scientists know why the platform know why and everything so let's use that knowledge to engage them to it towards impact not towards self uh, construction or you know self uh, valorization um, and of course, it's tough. In you know, in, invention needs to be a, a big driver of uh, of change. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm op I'm pretty optimistic. So that's me being idealistic now. But I'm pretty optimistic that we are almost there. And uh, as soon as we are able to collectively have a strong sense of impact, because we made it relatable, um, you know, I, I think it's going to change a lot. You know, I have an example. Um, in yeah, France, no. there's an app called Yuka. Uh, you can go to a supermarket with your app. You scan any uh, uh, code bar um, uh, of any product, and it tells you if it's healthy, if it's good for you, if it's sustainable and everything. Um, I think it's been around for three or four years. There's like five million French people using it right now, and it changed the whole industry. Um, all the bad product went away because nobody was going to, nobody was buying them again. And and Yuka is a very, it's a cool thing to use. 
you know, it's, it's uh... yeah. And, and what's interesting with that example is that, you know, it really, again, creates immediate scalable change because there's a lot of money behind it, you know, because it affects, okay. you know, production and supply chains. And, you know, we're seeing it again, going back to climate change, we're seeing, we can see paradigms, big paradigms start shifting in industries when when big money you know uh when big money starts tipping and that's you know we've we've seen some of those changes in the recent you know in the last few months across different industries with you know blackrock starbucks microsoft whatnot when you have industry leaders really changing the conversation you know then everybody follows but until then you know it's really hard to create change but i think that's that's definitely so it's you know it's a good example of uh, uh tr trying to gamify impact um and in and we need to i mean may, maybe it's for to the people who are listening maybe it sounds it sounds dumb but um if we can provide a, a cool way gamified way to show show impact on an everyday basis to people they, i mean they're going to engage incredibly and it's going to be i mean fun i don't know if it's the world but at least it's going to be um gratifying um and and you know people are going to be uh, proud of and, and and can move forward so it's uh, uh i know people are focusing on, on you know a lot of people are, are looking after those kind of things um we are deeply committed at brute and we are focusing right now on tech on innovation to find those kind of tools and uh you know i just hope that someone is uh, going to come up with a great idea and, and i'm and i'm pretty sure we're almost there when I see the type of work we've been doing, we almost we almost there, um, and, it, and it really is going to change the thing. And so, one last question for you, Guillaume, is another one of the conversations that we've been having is, um, you know, how do we how do we protect companies and and you know initiatives like yours and like Brut Media from you know the rules of the market, you know the you know and specifically you know from the from the success metrics of you know purely economic success metrics and we've seen a lot of you know great examples you know starting with uh starting with kickstarter and you know um a lot of these enterprises that you know have switched you know their models and their success metrics and you know have, have uh, found financing and you know uh in different ways to to sustain themselves that kind of protect them from the rules of the market um, you know, I know that's one thing that you're looking into and that you and I have discussed, you know, how do we find a way to really, um, really put, uh, you know, protect the business model of Brut Media so that it's not just uh, a slave to the brands and a slave to advertisers and a slave to the same old success metrics, you know, uh, specifically, we've had a conversations about numbers, audiences, and how you, uh, you know, how you... Uh, the kind of criteria that you put forth for the success it's, of the I work mean, that you're doing it's a it's, it's a great question um so and and you know we were talking about trust in order to be to build trust uh you need to do something as a media at least as a, a value-driven media then you know that's what we are you need to be able to say no to brands um and it's it's very counterintuitive when you're setting up a new business to say no to someone who's coming to you saying, oh, I love what you do. I want to give you money to advertise my product. Uh, but if you do feel that the product is not aligned with your value or the company is not aligned with your value, if you think that they're coming for 
greenwashing or goodwashing, you should be in a position where you can say no. Uh, we say no many times, which was tough. Um, uh, I'm lucky I have a board and I have investor who are, um, I would say, personalities more than hedge fund, more than fund VCs. Um, they who have backed me up in those times. Um, so, uh, in in our case, in our case, we are looking at several options. The first thing is like we need to make sure, and being a global media, being able to tell stories that resonate across the world, uh, it's great because you have scale, and it's not that expensive to produce. Compare like you know before media were built domestically, were born in a country. And then they were uh, going to another country, open an offices, open an office, uh, hire journalists, and you know start again and again and again. We don't do that. Uh, at Brut, everything is centralized uh, in Paris. Actually, we have an office in in New York, but we have centralized the editorial production in Paris anyway. Um, so in Paris, we have like 20 nationalities. We have Indian, we have Jan Japanese, Chinese, Spanish. American, English, you name it, African people. Um, it's, it's, the, our office is, is great and it's so cool to see so many nationalities together. Um, so we have a very lean and cost-efficient business model. So we already, after only three years, we already uh, profitable in France and we, we should be profitable, profitable as a group pretty quickly. But if we want impact, we need more power. Um, and in order to do so, I really do, you know, and actually I'm, I'm seeing it happen as we speak, but um, media, media like us, um, the big private foundation, um, uh, some brands, some brands, not all of them, but some brands, everybody is starting to think that there should be something, you know, there should be some other models. So now in the EBITDA, uh, in the financial uh, aspect of uh, of reporting, there's a uh, there's a new green EBITDA, sustainable EBITDA, uh, which which is interesting. It's a, it's a good start uh, for us. Uh, we're really looking into private foundation because uh, basically, when you look at private foundation right now, you you know they are so much aligned with the value uh, we are um, pushing in this world that we we think. We will create more values, you know. In, instead of having a private foundation investing millions in a campaign through media agencies and everything, that is not going to be that efficient because there's no engagement, there's no recruiting of the community of people that you are targeting um, in your communication. Um, you know, I think it's a good way to uh, finance Brut. I mean, you know, Brut is going to be B Corp. Uh, labeled, uh, labelized before, I hope, the end of 2020. As soon as we're profitable, we're going to give a large chunk of our revenue uh, and profit to the community. Um, you know, th there's really space to other business models um, than the one we know. Uh, there's one thing for sure, um, uh, we never put Brut on the public market because uh, um, I want to be able to do long-term choice, not short-term one, um, and and you know, and, and you need to to build things. One other one other way to do it is to to do it through uh, subscription. 
but I have an issue with that is when you look at subscription right now, subscription is driven by, um, I'm, I'm not saying streaming service, but when you look at media and legacy media, subscription is led by, um, you know, older generation. Um, I have an issue which is younger generation, Gen Z and everything, they never paid for news. Um, and uh, we know, for instance, that a lot of, a lot of them in France, in India, North America, a lot of them, they have only one source of news, which is Brut. And I don't see myself putting Brut behind a paywall uh, because I don't want them, and especially I don't want the poorest of them to be cut from news because we want to make them to, to pay for it. Um, so that's where our interest and the private foundation one are um, uh, converging. Um, you know, and, and I think that there's a, there's a way between for-profit and non-profit. I think there's a way where you can be for-profit, but you can be a for-profit force for good. And I hope that's that we are. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I'm really excited about the work that, you know, we're doing about, you know, again, uh, key, key metrics, you know, criteria for success. And and how you guys are also in a, in a in a really healthy position to really change that conversation as well, you know. So to make it not just about quantitative, you know, the number yeah. of eyeballs, the number of impressions, the number of likes and whatnot, but really about the quality yeah. of the engagement of your audiences. I'm really really impressed. I've been with seeing a lot that, that we need new tools, new gamified tools to show impact. But when you look at social platform right now, what we are looking at the most is a comment. Uh, do we, I mean, we want to spark conversation. So do we generate a lot of comments right now in the world? Brut is either the first or the second largest, uh, um, you know, we, we are the second, the first or the second largest, depending on the weeks, um, uh, media generating uh, comment per video. Um, it's, it's a huge metrics because you can buy scale. You just need to, you know, if you have a, uh, if you have money, you can buy scale, you can buy eyeball. There's one thing you cannot buy is engagement. Um, and we, we really do need to yep. focus, even though I think the tools are not, uh, you know, accurate enough. Uh, but once again, those tools have been developed 10 years ago to 15 years ago. Um, so we, we just need to find those new tools and it's going to be very efficient. But right now we are focusing on, you know, of, of course you need eyeballs. Organically, we have a lot of eyeballs, but more interestingly, you know, how do they engage in what you're doing? Are they commenting? Are they sharing? It's, you know, it's, it's a good beginning for impact and uh, it, it's a strong KPI for us. No, I think I'm excited for the future. You know, I'm excited for, for the future to have, you know, initiatives like Brut really uh, lead, you know, conversations and help, you know, help audiences that are spread out, you know, around the world, you know, mobilize around change and around you know and to you know to give people uh you know new means to get involved in the collective conversation i think that's for us to get out of uh you know the current context and the current crisis it's going to require us to to learn to uh to walk in the same direction and to agree on a number of different issues and issues that are uh, that sit above uh languages nationalities currencies uh, borders and whatnot and i think that we're going to require platforms like brut to really lead us and curate conversations and a space for us to really agree and act 
And I'm really excited because I think it's initiatives like Brut that give people and specifically young generations who've lost hope in legacy media or legacy politics, uh, you know, to give them, you know, new definition for both media and politics and, you know, new reasons to get engaged and, uh, you know, to to get mobilized and to really uh, come together to argue, to discuss, to imagine and to uh, to um, change, uh, you know, change all the broken things that we're left with. So I'm really excited about this and I'm really um, I'm really honored to be uh, to be working with you guys on, on you know, mm. uh, thank you. Likewise, and uh, I'm excited, yeah. too, and I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly optimistic, even though I'm, I'm sitting in my apartment confined in Paris for my seventh week now. Um, I'm incredibly optimistic. Brute made me very optimistic because when you see all those young change makers across the globe doing incredible things um, on their own, you know, at their own level, but like really doing changing the world like one step at a time, um, it's been incredible. And and one thing, you know, in every crisis there are opportunities. And one of the opportunity of COVID is uh, uh, before COVID, I was hearing a lot of uh, big corporate, big private sector companies saying, oh, we want to be a media, we need to have a voice, but they really didn't, need, you know, they had really no idea why. Um, I think now it's clear. They do know why they need a voice. They need a voice because they need to tell to um, the citizen and the, and the consumer, they need to tell them, look, uh, we are, you know, in it like you, and we're going to step up and take responsibility with you. Um, and, you know, and I think what uh, I hope what um, the COVID crisis has unleashed is a, is a very powerful force. Um, uh, and, you know, if we can find the right tools, if we keep on looking, if we, could, if we keep on iterating, we will find a way. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm super excited that um, you and I are, are working on that and that uh, thanks to a type of platform like yours, um, we, we are able to have this discussion and I hope it's going to be uh, the, the beginning for, of something for others who are listening. 